beautiful, majestic, awesome, powerful. Niagara Falls has also long been a favorite honeymoon destination for newlyweds, so we can add romantic to the list. But there is more, much, much more. Niagara Falls can also be dangerous, even deadly. For a century and a half, Niagara Falls has attracted its share of daredevils and fools. The first person to go over the falls in a barrel was Bobby Leach, a professional stuntman and an early parachutist, on the 13th of June in 1898. In one of those incongruities of history, he later died when he slipped on an orange peel. Challenging the falls became an equal opportunity event when a 63-year-old widow, Annie Edson Taylor, an unemployed dance and etiquette teacher from Michigan, survived being sealed in a barrel and went over the falls on October 24, 1901. Four of the nine who have gone over the falls in a barrel did not survive, including George Stathakis, who made it over the falls in a ten-foot barrel on July 4, 1930, but got caught behind the falls for fourteen hours and suffocated inside his barrel. Neither did Jesse Sharp, a stuntman who went over the falls in a white-water kayak without a helmet or a vest on June 5, 1990. He was never found. Then there was Robert Overacker, who on the 1st of October, 1995, tried to go over the falls on a jet ski and a parachute, planning to land safely on the river below. At the brink of the falls, he ignited a rocket-propelled parachute that was strapped to his back. The rocket fired and the parachute opened perfectly. Unfortunately, Overacker had forgotten one little detail. He had not tethered the parachute to his body, and he fell to his death at the bottom of the falls. The first of these recorded adventurers was a French aerialist and tightrope walker by the name of Jean-Francois Gravelot, who called himself Charles Blondin, and billed himself as the Great Blondin, presumably after his blonde hair. He is considered to have been one of the greatest aerialist tightrope walkers of all time. Blondin was only nine years old when he began performing professionally. In 1851, at the age of 27, he joined a professional touring company. When this troupe made an American tour in 1858, he saw Niagara Falls for the first time. He became obsessed with the idea of crossing the falls. The following year, 1859, he returned to America to do just that. On June 30, 1859, with meticulously detailed planning and preparation, he became the first person ever to cross Niagara Falls by tightrope. One hundred thousand people reportedly watched Blondin walk on a rope eleven 1 hundred feet long, over a fifth of a mile, from one hundred and sixty feet above the falls on one side, rising to two hundred and seventy feet at the other. He was so supremely confident that, halfway across, he stopped and sat down for a moment. When he landed on the other side, seventeen minutes after he stepped onto the three-inch-thick cable, he had made history. Then he crossed the falls going back. Now he had to outdo himself. The 
The following year, the last year before the Civil War, he performed before ever larger crowds with ever more daring acts. He cooked a meal on a small portable cooker and lowered the food to the decks of the maid of the Miss Tourist Boat, a hundred and ninety feet below. He crossed blindfolded, in a sack, on stilts. Barely a hundred and forty pounds himself, he was strong enough that he even carried his manager across on his back. He pushed a wheelbarrow across the falls. As the crowds applauded, it is reported that he asked the assembled crowd if they believed he could push the wheelbarrow across with a person in it. They enthusiastically shouted their belief that he could. Then, he said, who is willing to get in the wheelbarrow? That got quite a different response. That is the difference between just having religion and having faith. In this instance, having religion was believing that Blondin could push the wheelbarrow across Niagara Falls with a person in it. Having real faith was getting into the wheelbarrow. Religion is mental assent. It is its system of belief and practice to which an individual may give full intellectual agreement. One might say all the right things, wear the right attire, go to the right meetings, perform all the proper rituals, but it doesn't really determine how they live their lives, who they are inside. Faith is all about personal commitment to live out that belief. It is living a life with integrity in relation to what you say you believe. It involves the heart as well as the mind, the total person, consistently, completely. Many people claim to be followers of a particular religious system, but do not live in accordance with those beliefs. It is like the difference between knowing about loving someone and actually loving them. In the Judaic Torah, God tells his prophets that the people profess to love him with their lips, but their hearts are actually far away. They are religious, but they do not have faith. In Christianity, the scriptures say that unless one has real faith, they cannot please God. In fact, Jesus said that the religious leaders of that day actually lacked faith. Jesus said, If you love me, you will prove it by keeping my commandments. We are told that we show the evidence of our religious faith by our actions, by how we treat other people, especially those who are in a dependent state of some type, widows, children, orphans, the homeless, and so on. This, the New Testament writer James says, is true religion. I will show you my faith, he says, by my actions. Anyone can have religion and live as they please. Having a living faith is truly a way of life, in public and in private, 24-7. Got faith? Got faith?